Matt, I'm pregnant. Go birds. Welcome to the Bros A Podcast. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros. On an audio feed, it's Mr. Rich Sweden. Hi, everyone. On an audio feed, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And an audio feed, reporting live from his new home in Erie, Pennsylvania, it's Mr. Tim Hansen. Oh, hi there, don't you know? That's not how they talk in Erie. How would you know? Have you ever been to Erie, Pennsylvania? Yes, I, I watched. Uh, I watched. Royal oh, Rumble that there. makes. Well, I guess that makes two of us. I wasn't expecting Sean to chime in. Wow, well, yeah. I bet you feel yeah. stupid right now. I uh, I, I feel stupid a, all the time. I stopped a car with my with my muscles while I was up in Erie, and that is not a joke. I did oh that. my god! So uh, are we are so, we making a reference to that question of like if you were a governor, which powers would you have to run on platform? <laughs> it's not the only power I had was a complete lack of uh, of of awareness for my own humanity and 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 value for myself. The way it was, reach out infrastructure. Was, <laughs> what happened was uh, we were there watching. Like I said we were there watching a wrestling match uh, with friends, and it was me and my then girlfriend. And uh, they, she pulled into a spot and is this, this, you know, it's, it's off a dirt road and she pulled into a spot on the side and we got in and my buddy was like, you didn't park on that spot on the side, right? Where all the other cars were parked. And we were like, no, we did. And he was like, ah, crap. All of those cars are stuck in the mud. Like everyone just kept doing it. Like just kept, you know, following the leader, like lemmings falling off a cliff. Like they just kept parking <laughs> in the spot. And so at some point, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so at some point he, he we had a break and so he got his his pickup out and he pulled the car he, he put you know got the little tow chain on it and he towed the car out um but the e-brake was not on and the car just kept sort of drifting across and was headed right for a tree very slowly very slowly but it was driven as a vehicle drifting towards a tree so what does mad casnell do he runs behind the car puts his hands up, stops it, and it gets to like the point. It, it's, it's very uh, Peter Parker saving the train from going off in Spider-Man <laughs> 2, where like my foot got to like the tree trunk, like just my left foot, but I stopped the car. So there it is, going four miles an hour or whatever it was. <laughs> Matt Casnell stops a moving vehicle. Uh, still no calls about my Nobel Prize, but you know I'm, I'm still hopeful. Well, there probably wasn't a bunch of New Yorkers in the car saying like saying to the tree, if you want to get yeah. to him, you got to come through us. First, yeah, that, yeah. Right? After, after after I did that, a larger tree came and was like, yo, now I'm going to take Kaznell. And then everybody tried to stop the tree. And it was okay. an end from Lord of the Rings. And it was like, well, I'm just going to take him. He snatched me up and then took me to a secret lab. My, my favorite part of this is you said Peter Parker. I heard Peter Griffin. And then it's like, I <laughs> <laughs> stopped the yeah. train. Yeah. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? Mud. Uh, welcome to the award-winning Brose podcast, available on all major podcasting platforms. The premise of our show is that we answer questions that we bring to the table and that you bring to the table about life, the universe, and everything. And we do it while enjoying a delicious glass of wine or otherwise. So if you have a question about current events, pop culture, or what have you that you want us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. But first and foremost, got to discuss the wine that we're drinking tonight. Uh, who wants to start? I don't know. Just throw it out there. I usually just dictate to people, but everybody just jump in, all of you at once, to start discussing your wine. All right. So this I'm is drinking Pinot. Je ne sais quoi, your boy is drinking Pinot. It is thirteen percent ABV. Mediocre. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, what is I, the ABV I had it once on before. Uh, it's not I the best. Oh, fourteen percent. Yeah. It doesn't taste uh, like the fridge. It's organic. Uh, it's and I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got a lot of words on it. Spelled very similarly to an old uh, game about words. With a, in mind oh, it's got game. a cool butt plug on top. Mm. Yeah, it's like a flower butt plug, right? Yeah. Mm. You got to like make it. sure it flares at the bottom so it doesn't go. Yeah, you don't want that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was good. Um, all right. So <laughs> moving on to the questions portion of the show. Actually, we should probably just do that that way the rest of the time. <laughs> I'm on board. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Who wants to go first? Brose questions at gmail.com if you want to ask your Tim Hansen. 
remarkably early on the trigger here. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Rich Sweeten, uh, for your first question. Uh, very important that we get you out of the way first and that, uh, Tim, just, just ch- ch- have a seat, sit back for a minute, you know, just ruminate on that question and, uh, we'll get to you in a minute. Rich, what do you have to offer for the bros, a bros to, to, to discuss at this point? My first question is, uh, Tim, what's on your mind? What do you got to ask us? Mm-mm. Oh, those are two different things. What's on my mind and what I've got to ask you. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Yeah. Uh, so my question is for you, and this is this has been on uh, my mind quite a lot, and has popped up multiple times over the, the years. What do you actually want to be? Like, what is your professional goal in life? That is an interesting uh, question. What's yours? I have no idea, which is the <laughs> fucking problem. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't want to work because fuck work. Uh, I like making things of various things, but I also then get very tired of doing that. Something like a hyperfixation, mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> um, but also at this point, it's just like if I if I essentially have to restart my career, I can't afford to live. Mm. Yay! Mm. That is the tough part. We're all approaching that age where, like, a drastic career change is, is going to result in like a discernible dip in quality of life. Uh, so it's, it's it's tough to make that kind of big shift at this point. It's not possible, but it's certainly yeah. you know factors considered. Yeah, but pe- people ask me what do I do, and they're like, "What position am I looking for?" And I'm like, "What do you got?" Mm. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of been my professional career for the last decade is just. I'm I'm good at this, but I'm also really good at all of these other things, or I learn really fast, and I can be pretty good at these other things. I have a great idea. Give me a shot. Okay, we'll give you a shot. Goes great. Another opportunity. Completely fucking different. Boom. Goes great. Something at the end goes fucking horribly wrong. More to do with the job and less the position. Change into something else. I have, in the last... Eight years, I have been a machine operator, or the last, what year is it? Yeah, eight years. Machine operator, machine lead, and data administrator, preventive maintenance technician, inventory, maintenance inventory coordinator, purchasing for a completely different company, quality, um, uh, supplier quality, a production supervisor for a secure finishing company, and now a quality assurance manager for the same company. Like, that is nine different jobs in eight years. Hmm? Versatile. <laughs> but none of them have been, all, almost all of them have been just a steady increase. So it's hmm. not like at any point, any of these, well, the machine operator was a downgrade from before that, but we're going to ignore Wawa because fuck Wawa. So, but, but it's like, I have no idea what I want to do. I don't want to work. Work sucks. But also, it sounds like you want to run the plan. (laughs) But I don't. With a little bit of knowledge of every individual area, it seems like you are uniquely qualified to have a higher management or executive position there. But I don't fucking want to because people suck. Mm. Mm, yeah. Do I think I have the broad range of vision to do something like that? Yes. If anything, I think it like project management might be a good idea, mm-hmm. but that means I got to go back to school. <laughs> I've been I mean, avoiding to that some degree to some degree, but I mean, like you also you are in a position where you, you we're we're also approaching that point where although education is is useful, there is we're at the point where the the or equivalent work experience part of the job posting is becoming more and more applicable. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, you've, you've got however many years of experience in your field or in your industry. And it's like, yeah, I could go back and get my certificate. I'm actually, actually having this conversation with my wife now because my, my company just rolled out a whole bunch of, of uh, fully comped like online degree programs. You know, you can either go back and get like another bachelor's or more applicably for somebody who's been in the field for a while. You can go get like a professional certificate or do one of those boot camps or something like that. And it's completely comped. And I'm weighing now, like, okay, do I want to do one of these? Like, would it would mm-hmm. it make sense for me to to devote the time to to do that in the evenings? You know, when they put the kid to bed and all that good stuff. Uh, and you know, 
it would be nice, but for my day to day job, you know, just my work experience is plenty. You know, I, I'm, I'm starting a new opportunity in my current company in like a couple of weeks. And it was, it's not because I went to Duquesne university. Uh, although that helped at the beginning of, of my career, uh, it's, it's because I do pretty well in my current line of work. So I don't know if that really answers the question. I think it's just, I think if you display the prop, the proper ability to do project management, I, you know, again, completely different fields, but I definitely know people who are in project management type roles who were like, you know, journalism undergrads or English degree undergrads or Mm -hmm. somebody who just wound up in the finance industry because it was what was available. And then they wound up liking it. Or I I know people who work for in the finance industry who are engineers, uh, like did like I had like a science uh, career prior to this and just decided they wanted to go into banking and they do project management adjacent kind of roles. Like I, I, I feel like you could do it, but obviously, you know, your industry a lot, your specific industry a lot better than I do. And I think that I think that's what's frustrating is I completely agree with everything you just said. But if you don't already work for that company, they don't fucking care because they don't they're they're not going to give you the interview. So that'd be your reset is you'd start. You have to start that company Mm. in in maybe if not an entry level role, then still not what you want. Correct. Which is which is frustrating, but understandable. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But it's also just like cool, and, and and then it becomes a it's who you know, not what you know. Mm-hmm. But how do you represent yeah. that on a resume and this, that, and the other thing? Yeah, it's, or a cover it's, letter. It's certainly a struggle trying to figure out like what you want to do or or what what you'd be happy doing because like in in the essence of the question, like I I don't want to be working in my company. I don't I don't have any faith in my company to want to even try to move up in this company. I've I've found legal work interesting to say, but I don't necessarily want to do legal work. What I do want to do is essentially be a content creator. I always wanted to work in the media, which is why I went to school for communications. Is that something that I'm going to be able to do? Only time will tell. It's not like I can go apply to be a content creator. I just have to do it and hope that I hit it off. That's a sole proprietorship it's, right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so it's like... I, in the meantime, what do I want to do? At the moment, any job that's not my job and my company, <laughs> literally. But like, Relatable. but it's it's just it's really hard because, like you said, to do a complete career change means you're going back to square zero, and you're getting paid less than what you need to make. And mm-hmm. like, I thought I was going to have an in with PNC when they tried to inter- when they interviewed me and they mm-hmm. were like, oh, yeah, we're going to offer you this amount of money, which was way more than what I was making. And I'm like, great, that's a career change in the legal industry, in the legal field of the uh, of banking. And I should be able to do this and this should be a reasonable job for me. And then I got and then and then they called me and we're like, yo, do you know this guy? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That guy, yeah, that yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. I was, I was then, in, a, I was in a boardroom smoking cigars with a bunch of executive muckety mucks at the time, and we yeah. all laughed about it. It's it <laughs> it very funny. And then it's also disheartening because, like that, everything about that interview seemed like it went well, and I was supposed to go to the next level, and I never got called and I got denied the job. And now I'm like, well, is it worth even looking right now? Because if this job that asked me to apply isn't going to hire me then why would any other job that i'm applying to go why would they hire me uh, i mean yeah I get, I get why emotionally you might feel that way I think from a from a purely empirical standpoint i would i would caution you from actually thinking that about the job market though like is, yeah because yeah. there are so many mistakes i've gotten recruiters who who ping me on linkedin about like hey you want to work in customer service for a trucking company i'd be like that's a it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Like, what a <laughs> shot you're taking. He's to look at my to look at my resume and be like, you know what this guy wants to do? Answer the phones for a trucking company. That's what that's what this guy wants to do. I actually took the interview. I'm like, you know what? I've got the time. I just want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear how you came to me <laughs> with an offer for this job. Um, so, I mean, the, the the point being though that that kind of stuff is is certainly not foolproof and and yeah. does not represent the entire entirety of the industry you certainly could no. qualify you then the recruiter could come next week with the job that's much more appealing for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Sean, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, your boy <laughs> wants to be. I was going to say, you're already my boy. (laughs) Mission Um, accomplished. mm, That's very sweet. Um, (laughs) I think, so genuinely, I would like to be a stay-at-home dad and take on all of the responsibilities of the house, like all the cleaning and the kids' school and stuff and getting them to extracurriculars and like all that stuff. Um... But, you know, I have to work because we have bills. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I think, I think in terms of like a, a profession, I think I've, I have thought about going into like counseling or, um, like that, that type of field, like in, and like therapy and stuff. But like, like we were saying, it is just, you have to take, I'd have to take a huge hit in terms of both like money and personal time. Like I would have to focus so much time into that, that I wouldn't get to like spend time with my kids and that really sucks. So like, I don't know. It's hard. You know, mm-hmm. what am I? Uh, so I think, you know, in an ideal world, Mary would make enough money because she loves what she does and is very good at it. So like, I think, you know, like it's one of those things where like I I couldn't ask her, like there is no scenario in which I ascend to a level where I could ask Mary to stop doing her job. You know what I mean? Because she really likes it, and it, right, and you, you would, make I gazillions think, of dollars. Like she's yeah, just that I think she would about. she would still do it. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, yeah. So ideally, there is a world in which Mary makes enough money to support our family, and I can take on the home stuff and. Mm you know, really focus on keeping everything together here. But, you know, it's a, it doesn't seem likely, but yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, you got, you, we have to you work to in carve the system. Out, still have to carve out the time to compile our questions, too. I mean, come on. That's true. <laughs> Very important. I, I've long been of the opinion, and not only this is especially groundbreaking or anything like that, that for your job, the idea, the, the goal is to either work in a field that you are truly in love with passionate about to the point where even doing it as a day job doesn't spoil it for you or you do something that pays the bills and gives you enough flexibility to pursue what you want to do outside of work and for me i'm i'm firmly in the latter camp you know look at the finances is fine as well enough for me it's not my dream but it's mm. you know I'm, it's something i'm pretty good at it's something i've grown you know I've, I've i work for a company where i genuinely like the culture uh which is which is a nice change of pace and you know it's 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 a line of work that is interesting and keeps me engaged throughout the course of a day and it allows me to pursue you know doing podcasting playing ball on the Mm -hmm. weekends raising my daughter spending time with my wife it gives me that sort of flexibility uh whereas like i look at you know I, i have friends who work in media for example and there are definitely plenty of times where i look at them and go god i wish i was doing like oh, it'd be fun. Like, my I, my buddy, friend of the show, Eddie Provident. He's at he's at freaking uh, he's in the press box of like the the Steelers Penguins game. I'd be like, my God, he's doing that for his job. That's awesome. And then I see him like online at two in the morning editing podcasts, and I go, it's not that. It's that's that's not the part I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that's not the part I'm thinking of when I think of like doing the dream job. And it's like you're gonna have to accept that. And so yeah. for me, and so for me, it's it's you know the the job that I've got is not necessarily the dream, but it allows me the flexibility to pursue a lot of different things. Like I don't know if I'd be able to raise a family if I was out till two in the morning covering you know a, a college football game or or doing that or or if I was like fielding last minute like oh my god we need to get this up on Twitter immediately because you work for a brand and you're doing it this way like I, I I wouldn't have the ability to raise a family that way I wouldn't be able to pursue some of my other interests I wouldn't be able to spend mm-hmm. time with my wife I'd be picking up and heading down to the studio at, at three in the morning and you know not being able to see my wife in the morning so mm-hmm. y- y- so I guess what I want to do, if, if I, you're going to say, what do you want to do for a career? Oh, boy. I just really whacked my freaking pop filter. <laughs> I just really, really gave it a good one, too. Hey, give it the old one, too. Just destroy my <laughs> microphone. 
Uh, that was a very interesting noise. Uh, anyway, so if I was for for a career, what I want to do when I grow up, it's it's probably something in the in the industry that I'm in now, which is you know finance banking. But it's probably doing something that involves more communicating, uh, sort of blending my two interests. So it would either be something in marketing or more like marketing or communications. I think the most likely scenario would be I went up wind up in like an educator role. Uh, within the company, like uh, people who come in and actually onboard mm-hmm. people, teach them about the role. I don't I actually don't know if my current company has it, but I know I, in prior roles there are people who just specialize in the educational aspect. They de- they design onboarding courses, they design you know the, the 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 curriculum quote unquote that allows people to learn the 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 jobs where there's a lot of turnover, and so you need that kind of course. So I think that ultimately would be where I end up as far as a a quote unquote dream role. And the dream would be to have that kind of job where I can do that and work that side of my brain, that communication, that, that, that interpersonal side of my brain, and then get to go home and hang out with my daughter and, and go and do the bros, a podcast available on all major mm-hmm. podcasting platforms and hang out with my bros, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's actually a, a great point, that whole education and that training part and th- having a dedicated role for that. I think that's so massively overlooked at so many companies in every fucking industry, Mm -hmm. every manufacturing plant I've ever worked at. It's been the biggest fucking problem. Mm -hmm. And that when where I'm at is absolutely zero exception. If anything, it's like the poster child for why this is a fucking problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every meeting, someone come, something is brought up. It's like, this is the standard. And the Mm -hmm. person who's responsible for that standard is like, what? Who? Mm-hmm. My myself mm-hmm. included. Like I had almost no training for my role, other than I work at the plant and I slowly pick things up. Mm-hmm. Like I got sent a document today. It's like, why isn't this be filled out? And it's like, well, considering this is the first time I've seen it, that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember this email where I said, "Here's all the shit I don't know. Here's the shit I think maybe per- possibly pertaining to me." And uh, you said, "We'll work on it." Guess what? It's been four months. We haven't fucking worked on it. Hey, I mean, there's, there's, there is a level of where that education system could be helpful, but there's also a level of where it's not very helpful. My position in particular, mm. um, when I got onboarded onto the company, we had a two week training session where the person just told us nothing. They literally taught us nothing. That sounds like somebody's bad at their job. Well, yeah. yeah, that sounds well, no, like the was... role was good, but the person sucked. Yeah. Well, no, it, it, it's like I, getting a, like honestly, a like a burnt burger and being like, "Well, we was... don't need burger flippers anymore." <laughs> well, it, I think honestly, it was more of they don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Mm. So they mm-hmm. taught us about like the system itself, MSP, like the system we work off of, mm. but they didn't necessarily teach us our position, our job, what, mm. where, what our responsibilities are, because they were never given that because no. our company didn't know that. And so it comes to a level of like in teams situation, at least like, yeah, you could have somebody who would be able to tell you all the sheets that need to be filled out and set out and sent out and, and whatnot for each thing. But at that point, why doesn't that person just do it? Why are they teaching somebody else to do it when they could just do it themselves? Strong disagree. And and for what Matt brought up is turnover. And if anyone wants to move into another position, how do we train that person? And if we rely on someone to train their replacement instead of a standardized structural process, then it just it becomes whispered down the lane and it slowly gets further and further and further away. Or the person is just a shit trainer. It's like, yeah, they may have done their job well. They become a shit trainer so that their replacement is fucking garbage. So now you're even worse off than if you had nobody. Uh, so I, I get it, but also, like, no. Absolutely agree, but I, I was more so uh, like posing a question in a, in a corporate mindset. Like, corporate would see somebody who knows how to do the job that they're training you for, and then be like why are we training this person to do this job and well they're not so to be clear this this educational role and we're we're getting off on a little bit of a tangent here but this educational role is typically not somebody who's training one person it's it's training a class of people like Mm -hmm. it's it's, it's something that has the it's it's something that i think larger companies have the flexibility to do like it's not necessarily like your mom and pop like paralegal or a legal firm is not necessarily going to have that but like if you've got a large company where you're hiring a bunch of people who work in call centers 
or you're hiring a bunch of people who work in like back office documentation, just verification kind of roles, and you're hiring, you know, four to 12 people in a given, in a given uh, quarter or something like that. And you can just have one person who knows enough about each of those areas to float between all of them and teach 12 people. Well, then that person's much more valuable in floating between a couple of different lines of business and teaching, you know, 40 people in two months how to do their jobs instead of just saying, well, go be a, Go be a credit analyst. And, and yeah, like in that instance where it's like full on big on classes, like how it was applied to me, it, it works as long as they know the material or what they're trying to actually teach. But mm. like in an instance where like that's going mm. on with Tim, where it's just really Tim would have been picking this up. That position kind of wouldn't 100% work in yeah. a sense. So, well, yeah, then, so yeah, it, you got to go somewhere else. Yeah, so for you're absolutely right, Matt, that it it has to be scalable and it's something for a large company, yes, you can have one person. It's like, oh, I I'm not just training one person on this one thing. I am training this one thing to 40 people, 30 people, whatever. And it's like, all right, and then next month it's a different class. Next month yep. is a different class. Yeah. For a large scale, that makes absolute sense. Uh the concern or the issue is that the scalable way of doing that with a smaller company is all right. You have one person who is kind of in charge of the training regimen, except they're just all they're just like, well, you we don't have that many people. You're in charge of all the training, and then that is the extent of the support they're provided, mm. which is fucking useless. Mm. So it's like, yes, you can get by depending on the scale of your company with one person doing all of the training or at least responsible for a lot of the training documentation and making sure it's followed up. Yeah. But if they are provided with absolutely zero fucking support, then it's a, it's dumb. Oh, yeah. yeah and it, that's it, what it, happens. It, and then like training, you guys suck. Yeah. And to, to be fair, though, any role kind of falls apart when you don't have institutional support. Like it doesn't have to be education. It can be, you know, it could be the maintenance guy. It could be the person in the cafeteria. It could be whoever, like your manager. Like if you don't have institutional support, any role is going to really fall apart. Mm. Uh, But certainly like the educational role is more. And to be clear, uh, at large, large, large corporations is not one guy is like 20. It's a team. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's like 20. It's a lot of like the guy who trained me and uh, the most important thing that he trained me in my my second role in, in the finance industry was nothing related to the job. But uh, it was one of those jobs. You, you guys have options at your company to buy additional vacation time, basically take another week unpaid in a given year mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, and, I would uh, love my, to. So my first year at uh, out of college, I was they, they gave me the option coming in like, oh, you can buy another week. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I just got here. I don't buy another week of vacation. I didn't. So I didn't do it. And then I got to training for a new role at the company about a year later. And the guy was like, dude, always take the year always no matter what (laughs) take a week every year i do it every single year it's awesome and i was like well frank said it was fine so i guess i'm gonna go take the week unpaid yeah uh so you learn about that guys my point was matt i love that your your goal is to kind of combine your two loves and the fact that that ends up being an educational thing i think Mm -hmm. you'd be fantastic at it personally I appreciate yeah. that. It does combine my two loves, which is to uh, to teach people and also potentially find the next Tim Hansen beefcake to uh, <laughs> have a a, a, a a cruel and power <sighs> and power hungry and subordinate relationship with. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love but it. But to kind of put a little pin on this yes. and move on to the next thing, mm-hmm. it seems like Tim, Matt, and I like uh, we we enjoy jobs that facilitate our um facilitate our or lifestyles outside of the jobs themselves. So like That's kind right. of the jobs that you, you, you're done at like five, five, five thirty, mm-hmm. And then you don't really have to think about it until the next day. Right. Whereas rich is trying to make his content creation. That his mainstream of income where it's something that he loves to do. Mm-hmm. And like he's, he's combining his hobby and capitalism and, <laughs> and trying to make and trying to make that work. So I think, but I, I think both, you know, both are valid end goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just being yeah, like, yeah. being like for me, I'm okay with having the job I have because, because it does, as Matt said, give me the flexibility to like pick my daughter up from school and take mm-hmm. her. And, and, and uh, I, for most of the pandemic, I got to watch her for, for the first half of the day while still doing my job. 
mm-hmm. and you know, and that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for is that work yeah. li- work life balance. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, you know. work There's life balance. That's what it comes down to. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go forever on this, but we've almost gone forever on this. So, uh, so <laughs> my bad, guys. No, Sorry no, that's a, a question. Excellent a question. question. That's okay. It's a question that's been six and a half weeks in the making. I think if I've done the math correctly. Um, <laughs> who wants to go next? I got one. I got one. Go for a little, it. A little lighter, different, different uh, subject. Um, it's a two-parter. What's a band or artist that you loved in, at the age of sixteen that you're embarrassed by now? And what's a band that you loved at 16 that you still like today? Which I think will be the mm. easier part. Breaking Benjamin sure. is the second answer. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I am not embarrassed even remotely. Still mm-hmm. love them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At 16. So at 16, my favorite band was Avenged Sevenfold. Um, and I don't... Th- I, I'm not embarrassed by them at all. Uh, I still like them, but I... I I got to tell you, I don't think I don't remember the last time I've I've gone out of my way to go listen to Event Sevenfold. Like it's yeah. sort of just there. Like it, it, they're good. Like if I, if you put on like an Event Sevenfold song, I'm like oh yeah, this song's pretty good. Uh, but I just haven't done it in a while. So I've been working Martha through their their discography. Oh uh, yeah, nice. because nice. really the only song she knew was the Little Piece of Heaven. Of heaven. <laughs> Little Piece of Heaven, the Danny Elfman, yeah, Bonanza. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they've got some extreme stuff, man. That first album is uh, a doozy. Has a a bruiser of an album. Um, as far as bands I'm embarrassed by, it's tough because there are definitely bands like for some reason, Good Charlotte is jumping out at me as a band that I liked <laughs> at sixteen. That I'm like, if I listen to it now, I'm like, ah, oh, stupid. But it's also marketed towards children. Like it's it's good. Sure, I was a band that was designed to appeal to children. When you listen to some of the lyrics of you know the Young and the Hopeless, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, this is pop punk. It's supposed to be consumed by people between the ages of thirteen and seventeen. You just got caught up in the moment. Uh, so I don't know. That that's kind of where I'm veering towards this. And the thing is, there are smart punk pop or bands of that era that I that I was really into. That like I can still go back and be like, oh yeah, yeah, it, it, I genuinely am interested in that stuff. Um, I don't know. Good Charlotte's the one that keeps jumping out at me, but I know there's other ones. I also just want to point out, it's funny that you asked this question because I was going to ask something similar, except Mm -hmm. it's what's a band you think you should be embarrassed that you still love, but you don't give a fuck. I mean, you can do that too. Throw that in there. Guilty pleasure. I can, I can, I can. So for Tim's question, that answer is simple plan. Yeah. I feel like I should totally be embarrassed for liking Simple Plan at 34. But Simple Plan. <laughs> I still will rock out to I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. I'll still I do rock anything. out to that. Um as far as a band that I liked as a kid that I'm embarrassed and I can't I'm not trying really to out anybody and make you feel bad about it, but like it's it's just something I was thinking about. It's, like, yeah, no, I mean that is a good question, but it's it's hard for me to think about because like back in the day there was it was actually the opposite. I was sort of shamed for liking or pushed into not liking certain bands that nowadays I'm embarrassed I listen to those people. For instance, Good Charlotte. I mm. was pushed into not liking Good Charlotte as as a as a kid. Same with like Rise Against. I had people who were like, "Oh, that band sucks," and so I was pushed into not liking them. That's that, a like, hot take. Ten, yeah, weird. That like 10, 10, 15 years later, like maybe five, six years ago, I started listening to them again. I'm like, man, I really like this band. Why was I pushed into not liking them? Was this and because so, like, of your brother or your friends? Friends. Uh, okay. Um, it was no. My brother. My brother. Hey, I would never listen to my brother about anything music since he does not have taste in music. Uh, I mean, um, I've ju- I've just played uh, Destiny with your brother like once, and I was like, oh fuck that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I trust me. nothing that he says. I absolutely, mm. absolutely. I'm I'm not I'm not happy with his uh, recent Discord joke. Um. All right, what was his recent Discord joke? Oh, uh, we we were talking about OnlyFans, and he decided to say, uh, "Oh yeah, my wife's OnlyFans has uh, hit oh, hmm. really hard." Hold on, it hits real but, hard. No, oh, no, it has has blown up. She he said, "My wife's OnlyFans has blown up." I hope that uh, cushions her reaction when she finds out it's out there. 
<laughs> and I was just like, no, I'm not even going to no. acknowledge that. Borderline oh, revenge okay, point. Okay, That's okay. fantastic. Yeah. yeah I'm just Matt, like, I'm what not was gonna... your point? <laughs> uh, I was going to say trapped. Oh, oh so that I. That's yeah. the answer. That's the yeah. fucking answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I was, it's trapped. So I cheated a little bit. So I was just like, I'm trying to remember all the like tool tunes kind of bands that I was listening to. And like, you know, when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. And so I queued up iTunes and I just scrolled down to like the, the oldest stuff that I added. And uh, sure enough, there's not just the trapped album, but like a non album single that I downloaded from trapped. What's uh, the single? It's promise. It's not from their, the one album. I have that was no in idea it. what By that way, is. That guy's, that guy's like a, a, a loony bin trumper. Now he's a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. He's, that's, he's pa- that's part of why I am ashamed of it. Now that's part of my reasoning behind picking trapped. <laughs> that's that's a hundred percent of the reason behind why. I'm <laughs> oh, see, I just assume <laughs> that like half the, the, the problem is that if you listen to WISP back in the day, like I, I assume that 50% of those people have objectionable opinions about like, you know, I don't know, like a Mexican that they have in their life. Uh, so I, <laughs> that part of it is less of the issue for me, even though I think it's funny. Uh, it's just uh, like the back off, take you on like that, that sort of <laughs> sure, thing, yeah. take on like, anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, like that boy, that, that uh, over under 35 seconds for them to have come up with that main riff. <laughs> yeah, but that, I'm the still under. frame is pretty good. Is, yeah. That, that, that album is, is pretty fine. good. That album is fine. So you, you guys mentioning trap made me think of one specific fa- song. For some reason, one specific song from Theory of a Dead Man mm. called "Bitch Came Back." Oh, that's very nice. That band, that band in yeah. general, was atrocious. I, I actually liked that song back mm. in the day, I and still it wasn't. Do. I <laughs> that's remember my guilty pleasure is <laughs> Theory of a Dead Man. <laughs> I remember the day that I was like, man, maybe this song isn't good. Mm. And it was driving home from Timmy's bachelor party with Bennett and Alex. And you that put song that song in the car with my brother and was, Dave. It Bennett. was just on. It was just on like, like oh, okay. shuffle. Right. And, and I, I just remember Alex saying, wow, that guy's mad. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy's mad. I'm like, He's not happy. I'm like, you know, this is not that good of a song. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna say Theory of a Dead Man. <laughs> I actually motioned for a different so Theory of a Dead Man's song Bad Girlfriend. Uh, I motioned for that actually being the worst song to ever be written. <laughs> a, it, you, I, find find me a redeeming factor about that song. I it is you. it is very entertaining to sing at karaoke and confusing the fuck out of people. I'll wow. tell you that. Speaking of songs that took five seconds to think of, how about that lead? Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, I'm done ripping on Theory of Dead Man. Uh, <laughs> anyone else? Hmm. Bands you're embarrassed by, question, or bands Matt. that you liked at 16 that you uh, still really like today? My 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 no shame band is a hundred percent Yellow Card. Hundred percent. I will listen. That's to Yellow a good Card. one. And it's a great all band. The time. They're they're that that's up there for me too. I don't know if it's like my they're but they're definitely in that category of like liked mm. them at 16 and still like them oh, today. Mm-hmm. I. I got shamed so much for liking them back in, in, in when I did, like in, in 16, 15, 16 years old. You're like, oh, Yellow Card, they suck. Why do you love them? Like, just fucking listen to that fiddle. It's fantastic. I love them. I listen then, to that fiddle, bitch. Listen <laughs> to it. Then, you idiot. And then, and then, and then when we saw them for their, uh, their goodbye show. Yeah. I had, at the Electric like, Factory? At the Electric Factory. Um, which apparently they played Riot Fest, and I'm jealous. They're they're um, doing like a Ocean Avenue 20 year thing. Mm-hmm. Which bad so news, like guys! S- Ocean Avenue is gonna be 20 years old next year. Yeah. Ooh. When we saw when we yeah, saw them, yeah, I, I I didn't go to my brother's for like game night, and somebody asked like, "Where's Richie?" And I was like, "Oh, he's going to see Yellow Card." I'm like, who the fuck likes Yellow Card? I'm like, motherfucker, me. <laughs> like, yeah. Always. They're, they're, they're one of those bands that, that stood the test of time. Like, there are definitely bands in that like punk pop scene that like don't age well weren't you know clearly didn't have like a an original bone in their body and i mean not it's not just the fiddle but the fiddle definitely helps they're just a solid yeah. band yeah uh all right who's got a question or does anyone have any closing thoughts on the the band um, so Love in terms music. so in ter- i was i was trying so hard to think of answers to both of these questions. And in terms of stuff I'm embarrassed by, I can't think of anything. Mm. I think 
Three Days Grace is like the closest because like I was listening to their first album and it, it is so nostalgic for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. But it is like the, the songwriting is bad. Mm-hmm. It is bad. Mm. <laughs> it's just like it's just so angsty and of the time. It yeah. doesn't really hold up. It's just like but but I love it. I love it. But sure. I, I think that would be for me embarrassing. And in terms of a when I was sixteen, if probably Coheed. See, what's interesting is I didn't like Coheed when I was 16. Because it was, in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, came out about when we were about 16. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, it was uh, Favorite House Atlantic was the first song I heard by them. Yep. And I was like, this song is dope. Same here. And then I listened to... I heard to, it, I was like, I this listened, is bad. <laughs> I loved it. and I, I, I love the, it now. I, mm-hmm. I, I listened to, the, to In Keeping Secrets... And I was like, this is like Metallica in that their songwritings, the, the, the song constructions were similar in that they were kind of longer songs mm. and they were like, they had a similar structure, but mm. they, they're not anything alike. But at the time, you know what? It, it, was, it was like St. Anger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I was listening to St. An- I had li- I was listening to St. Anger at the time. That's the embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I liked St. Anger. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. So can, Saint no, Anger's it's Metallica. Metallica's album, St. Anger. is just oh, terrible. Wow. So let me tell I you. I also didn't care about Metallica very much. I'll be honest. I didn't know anything about Metallica until I saw it. Saint, I knew the name because I saw, you know, everybody mm-hmm. in middle school, you know, every every edgy kid had a Metallica shirt, like the Hammer of Justice shirt or the the Ride the Lightning mm-hmm. shirt or whatever. And I was just like, oh, it's one of those bands. Like, I was I was I was a good little boy uh, when I was six. I was like, oh, Metallica is one of those bad bands. I don't want to listen to them. And so finally, when I started getting into more like rock and heavy metal music. I was like, well, I'm going to finally go back and listen to Metallica. And the first album I got was St. Anger. And my reaction was, why does everyone like these guys? <laughs> this is a garbage album. <laughs> and then finally, yeah. a buddy of mine gave me like a data CD that had like, you know, all the stuff from Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets. I'm like, okay, now I get it. I was, it yeah. was just, this, this, this is the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't like any of these songs. It's no, bad. they are not good. It, at the time, when I was a freshman in high school, when that when that album came out, I did like it. Yeah. Uh, listening back to it doesn't hold up, Mm-mm. and all of Metallica's prior stuff is a million times better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but that was so. Coheed is my sixteen year old. I found him when I was sixteen. I still enjoy the stuff that they're putting out now. Yeah. But even like, I still listen to that old stuff still. Yeah. yeah. And I'm dope, and it's I'm psyched about it. It's good. It's good, it's good shit. It's good shit. Uh, all right, we got time for like one more. I think. Wants to throw out a question. Rich technically had his question already, so we're. we're oh, we're so you're time. looking at you're looking at me. I, yeah. I mean the the one I have right now is a little heavy, so I I'll wait mm. until maybe next. Okay, session. let me see if maybe I have one that's answer. not so heavy. So, okay. <laughs> The least heavy one that I have, because <laughs> this is all heavy. Are we just gonna get is, molly walloped with heavy questions in session three? Where it's is, like, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be on purpose. Rough. Yeah. Um, I got a light one, guys. Do you ever get tired of who you are? No. <laughs> all the time. So right. my my question, which is going to be followed by some stories. Ooh, I love stories. If they're not happy or funny stories, I'm just going to, like, trigger warning. I, st- I still love stories. You love stories. Okay. So, <laughs> could you kill someone? Yes. Okay, here's 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 what I'm I'm going to tell you my stories <laughs> while you guys think you really need to ruminate on this, guys. I don't like that you have so multiple stories for this question. I do have multiple stories, and okay. neither of them are fun or funny. Okay. So, a uh, trigger warning on the first story, it involves animals being incredibly unhappy. Mm-hmm. Several years ago, years and years ago, I was I worked at Edible Arrangement as a manager. And one day, uh, my the driver called and was like, hey, can you come pick me up and drive me to work? Which was, you know, it was one to happen for, ironically, the driver, uh, our delivery person did not own a car. Um, so I drove, got him from, got him, picked him up. We're driving back to the store. On the way back, uh, about, I'm going to say a couple hundred feet in front of us, on the road, was a cat. The cat 
was between was laying on its side and between its back legs and front legs. So its entire stomach was fused to the road. Mm. The thing about that, because it had been run over by a car, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, The thing about it is that the cat wasn't dead. Mm. So the cat was, dude, I know this is yeah. a very sad story. I'm not. Yeah. I was. I, I was being very serious with my trigger warning. It's. Mm-hmm. It's. It's not good. Yes. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. The cat was freaking out. It was having. It was spasming. It was screaming. It was awful. I'm driving up to this cat. In, so I'm and I'm talking to, this, the delivery person who also sees this, and I'm like, I should run over this cat, right? Hmm. Like, I should run over its head. Just, boom. Put it End the suffering. End it. I get, I'm, and we're driving, and I'm talking, and I'm like, I need to do this. We get to the cat, and I can't, I can't do it. Like, I can't mm. bring myself to end this cat. And I, I think about that, like, this is, and this is obviously a bummer, but I think about that a lot. Because I think it really puts into perspective, like, how, like, and this is, you you can don't like it brings into perspective how selfish I am sometimes, right? Because like in that moment, I put my own discomfort over the suffering of this animal, and you know, and that bumps me out sometimes. And I think about it a lot. But then, more recently, I was like, I was just thinking like, there's a lot of like true crime stuff, like criminal minds and whatever. And so I was like, if one of my children were to be kidnapped and tortured and then murdered, and then they found the person who did that, I was like, I would 100% kill that person. Mm, absolutely. Like, at, mm. like not even a question in my brain. Nope. If, if, they, if that person was found and had harmed my children... I would murder them. Yeah. And I and I think about that all the time, but I'm like, could I though? So like and and it's kind of a combat answer, but like genuinely, I don't know if I could kill somebody because like I am all for if somebody has a pet and is like you need to put this pet down, you take it to the vet, they put it down. I'm like all for that. I'm like 100% behind if a if a animal suffering take it to the vet, put it down, end it suffering because they don't experience time the way we do, you know? Hmm. So like, it's just like their whole existence is suffering at that moment. Just fucking end it. Like, but it's somebody else doing it. So (laughs) I would, I would, I then in the instance when I feel like I could kill somebody, do I really feel like I could kill somebody or do I feel like I could hire somebody to kill somebody? You want them (laughs) to be removed from existence. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I would want them to be removed from existence, but I don't know if I could do it. Like I mm-hmm. don't think I don't think that if I were given the opportunity to murder someone. I'm not saying like in self-defense. I'm saying like could you murder somebody? Mm. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could end a life. I I think I think I'm too weak. Not weak isn't the right word because I don't think it's a character flaw that I couldn't take another person's life but i'm like i don't i don't think i'm strong enough to do that for whatever reason no it it is it is it's definitely a hard question because it's like the depending on the circumstances it's like hell yes i i would do that right now depending on the circumstances but then when you get to it like you didn't put pepperoni on it yeah what the fuck yeah i am i am i am fairly certain that i could make the decision that someone should die Mm. but i don't think i could do it myself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and and it's it's even making the decision is a hard step because Mm -hmm. like when my like this it's not as damning as the run over cat or whatever but when my dog Frankie was diagnosed with bloke years and years ago, the first thing, like when they came to tell me what they can do, the first thing that came across my head was he's going to have, it's going to be a lot of work for me to, to, to take care of him. Now it's also what kind of quality of life will he have? Is mm-hmm. it selfish if I put him down now? 
And like, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask the the vet, like, is it selfish if we just put him down after this? Because what kind of a life will he have afterwards? And it's it's even even in 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 that nature, it's just like it's really hard to figure out. Like, like yeah, you might have been selfish because you couldn't put the cat out of their misery, but at the same time, like, in a sense, it might not have all. It shouldn't have been on your hands to. Well, yeah, yeah. it's not, it's, sure. it wasn't, I don't, I don't like blame myself for the cat's predicament. Uh, yeah, someone, yeah. someone else hit that cat. Yeah. I only blame myself for not killing the cat. And, and which is also like a wild thing to, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like a weird, <laughs> I'm going to my therapist and be like, so I didn't kill, I did not kill a cat a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's clearly formative though. And, and I can definitely see that because like, Mm-hmm. you're watching a, a, an animal I, I always feel that with suffering animals like we, we talked about it a little bit uh, a couple episodes ago like the, the suffering animals thing is an instant cry for me at all times and so the mm-hmm. idea that like an animal suffering is is real tough for me uh, just in a vacuum and then the thing of like well the only way to really get it to stop suffering is for you to like drive the nail home basically and it's like am I yeah. like because because whether it's an, an animal or a human being, I think the big the big question is it's not it's even if it's a situation like you said, where it's like they've they've done something to harm your kid. Because that's the first thing that came to mind was like when you said, could you kill a person? I'm like, if they if they did something to hurt my wife or my daughter, I think I could do it. But mm-hmm. like the, but it's also you are assuming the the arbiter role you have decided you, Sean O'Brien or me, Matt Casnell or whatever. That this other person's life should end. Like, mm-hmm. it deserves to end. And you are the one individual person. Like, you're not running this past anybody. There's no, you know, this is entirely a judgment call. And you're not thinking about it in the moment because you're just overwhelmed with with rage and with hurt and with pain. But but that that is the one thing that hold me back. It's like, no matter what, as angry as I could be, do I have the I, – I, and I don't know if I'd be in this this state of mind in the moment if I found out that mm-hmm. they had harmed somebody that I loved. For sure. But, in, but separated from this, I'm like, do I have the right to decide that somebody dies? And I'd, be, I'd have a very difficult time coming to that just about some rando, even if it was a rando that had harmed my family. Uh, the answer is probably in a fit of rage, I'd probably punch him a lot. Mm-hmm. I'd probably wail on <laughs> I, him a whole lot. That's a good answer. Take him very yeah. close to death. Yes. I but would, I don't know yeah. if I could do the, like, hit the, mm-hmm. like, I, th- I think in the in the case, even that you, you suggest where you're like, you're in the moment that you go fully rage blind, mm-hmm. I think that I would wake up and start, my logical brain would start kicking in before I mm-hmm. would murder him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think a- I'd beat the shit out of him. Yeah. I think he would be a pulp, but I yeah. think that I would stop before mm-hmm. before you get to death. Physi- yeah, yeah, I, yeah. What do you think? Tim? Like, because yeah, because I've I've been mad before. Like, I oh, know yeah. what that's like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. I've uh, look. It's it's there's there's mad, and then there's like you have crossed a moral barrier. Mad that I don't think I I don't think I've been at that point in my life where somebody has wronged me in such a degree that i've i've whipped myself into that kind of a frenzy so you know i can't speak to what i would would do in that situation what what about you tim uh so there's a lot of layers to this answer from me personally uh cats for or animals versus humans very different but i still feel i would treat them relatively similar because i do put I, i care about animals a lot especially mm-hmm. ones that uh, matter to me. That being said, Sean has not killed a cat. I have, not intentionally, but it happened. I just wanted to make it sick. It done died. This was also in kindergarten where I didn't have the best concept of death. So to it didn't weigh much at that point. It was also a real dumb cat. So essentially I poured a bunch of shit on a part of the street that it liked to lick. Uh, and it was dead within 48 hours. Yeah. yeah. Was it so, Kevin yes. bothering you or you just want to see what would... Because like, you're a kid. You just want to see what would happen. It was a piece of shit. It was an asshole. Got it. 
it was just fucking rude to anyone who ever attempted to interact with it. Um, and I just wanted to make it sick. That th- that was my intention. I did mm-hmm. not intend to kill the cat. It died. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were in kindergarten, so you were a little mm-hmm. baby. Yeah, you're, correct. You're, like you're, I said, lack of concept of death at that point. I mean, you're going and to jail now. Lack but of, it's fine. And also lack of concept of agency. Sure. Correct. When you're in kindergarten, you don't really like understand that you're like the one who did that. So, so I think an imp- an important preface to the rest of my answer is at multiple points in my life and still not fully answered. I have considered the potential and I don't think I'm a sociopath, but there are a lot of things in the way I process information, the way I address in, uh, situations and how they affect me that without it. And the easiest way I've been able to explain it is without an objective third party present, do I present, do I present, do I present any of how I think I should react to something without someone there to observe me? Do I react in the same way as I do when I'm by myself? And the answer is no. Um, that doesn't mean I don't feel those things. I do feel those things, but it's like, it's different when you have an I'm, audience. Correct. It, but there have been times and it, it, it has caused me a lot of issues where I've had extreme sadness and like, I just can't do anything with it and like, can't cry. Can't, can't fucking nothing. But as soon as that same topic and that same thing that causes me pain comes up when someone is around fucking tears. And it's like, why can't I do this by myself? So that's part of that conversation. Mm. Um, so do I think I could kill someone? hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I have, which yeah, I'm not proud of it, but hundred percent, I have actually come up with an in-depth possibility of this and my approach to it. And the reason of that decision kind of comes from a lesser of two evils kind of situation. It's like, is what I'm doing bad? Yes. Is what that person's impact to the world and the people around him worse than what I'm about to do? Also? Yes. Hmm. Clearly, I've not done it. Um, yeah, I, th- I so, think we should we should yeah, carve out a specific uh, class of like, if you found Vladimir Putin on the side of the road, the guy <laughs> the guy who's been killing a bunch of Ukrainians and threatened nuclear war, I'd have a little bit of a different opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the it's the Hitler question. It's like the the mass murdering fuckhead kind of question where it's like you presumably will continue doing terrible things down the road versus somebody who has wronged me specifically, even if it's in like dire fatal ways. Like, I, I feel like I would because at that point, it's universally determined that this person is a monster. And even if, it, if even if I even if it, maybe it's just a fact, maybe that's just my own lack of self-confidence where I don't trust my own judgment enough to be like, no, nah, this person's a monster. I should kill him. Like, it's it's I think it's a little different in that sense where it's like you have somebody who's bad for history to to do to to if somebody who's bad for history present and you have an opportunity to end that though like would you go back and you know kill baby hitler question or whatever thank you for the save but i i will say that it's about individual not the same correct (laughs) individual specific person yes that's okay but excellent point i completely agree and this is also why uh, when I was graduating, I did consider enlisting, and part of that was if I enlist, the likelihood of being put in a situation like that is exponentially higher for a different reason. Not necessarily like, yes, I have deemed that this person, blah, 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 blah but war situation. Mm-hmm. Exponentially higher, and my evaluation of it was that was going to break something in me that would never be fixed and i didn't want to put myself in that situation mm-hmm. so do i think i could kill someone yes i don't want to at the moment but yeah. <laughs> yeah yes and i think and and you guys brought up the like a drastic emotional state anger blah, blah 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 i think anybody is capable of killing them 
but in the difference of a heat of the moment passion type event versus I am making the conscious decision. Those are two different things. For sure. I think there are definitely situations that I could get into where I would murder somebody. But like, I, I think that I think the general generally, if I am, if I even have a window of lucidity, I'm not doing it. Mm. Yeah. See, now I have silent lucidity stuck in my head. <laughs> that song sucks. I know that's the problem. <laughs> I, and I love Queen's. Just, that song's garbage. <laughs> I just have, I just have the song in the heat of the moment. Mm. That's that's all I've got in my head right now. There you go. There you go. Um, that was a, that was an interesting one. Uh, does anyone yep. have any other thoughts on the on the, this this particular question? Nah, no, no, man. I think. Did you did you answer Rich? Could you kill somebody? I I, I mean it's it's I I answered similarly. Like I probably I, right now I say I could, but when it comes actually to it, probably not. It's mm-hmm. it's it was always a hard decision for me to put a pet down. Like to be like in the heat of the moment, I think I can, but it would probably stop. I would hope my mental state would stop me right before as I'm doing it. Mm. to not have it happen mm-hmm. um but this question made me think of something i said earlier on a on a different show we were talking i can't remember what we were talking about but i i said uh you know I, i'm always glad somebody finds something they like and i'm happy for them i'm happy that you found out you like murder is it good no but i'm happy that you like it who who is this addressed? Is this it, it, was, it, it wasn't it wasn't addressed to me out of this. General, it, 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 I can neither confirm addre- nor deny this conversation took place. It wasn't addressed to anyone specific. I was just going with the flow oh. and making a joke of like, okay, uh, like I can't remember what we were talking about, but I was like, you know, it, I don't care if you like something I don't like. I'm happy for you. I appreciate if you, you like uh, murder, yes ending I'm a happy. podcast that we weren't on and happened earlier today. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Matt. Uh, completely unrelated. I think Saw Horse's next cover or rendition of a song needs yeah. to be a cover of Silent Lucidity, but it's plausible deniability. Plausible deniability. <laughs> you think that'll work out? God, I think uh, we can make it work. Couldn't possibly be worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that's the end of the Brose podcast, everyone. Unless anybody has any other final thoughts on that last question. Nah. Nah, let's uh, let's get to the next one. All right. Well, we're done. Uh, it's it's uh, we, we've I think everybody's asked a question at this point, uh, and we're we're a little bit over an hour, so let's uh, <laughs> let's call it a day. We'll, we'll, we'll reconvene for you know what? You guys want to do this again in like five minutes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Sounds good. As long Sounds as good. I get to pee first. Well, let me the- get the dog out and stuff, and we'll be good. Oh, watch out for that dog. Uh, now, the uh, the podcast is on Twitter at Brose underscore podcast, and you can listen to it anywhere refined podcasts are bought and sold. Uh, if you have a question that you want us to answer on the air, the way that we can the answered and considered uh, all of these questions here this session, you want to email those questions to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Dot com. Special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our listener questions, to Tess Riley for editing our show, to Shannon Vogel, who designed our world-famous logo. You can find Shannon's work at Shannon Vogel Photography and Art on Facebook or on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Stephen Siebert. You can listen to Stephen's work at the Free Music Archive. It is time for Twitter and plugs. Rich, we'll start with you. Uh, Twitter is at B underscore Walnuts, and you can check me out on Twitch.tv slash B underscore Walnuts get that branding right there um for video game streaming this will be back to my normal schedule of sunday monday tuesday and thursday uh come hang out i'll probably be playing some monster hunter catching up on quests as well as maybe some apex getting back into that after a month of resident evil also check out uh bonus action the tabletop podcast where me and sean and friends play dungeons and dragons and PodQuest, the weekly nerdy talk show what day of the week do you play nba 2k I don't, but mm. I it's could. sweet. I actually haven't played it in a I couple of years. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> Not sweet. Uh, it's very realistic looking. I'll tell you, it's maybe <laughs> one of the best basketball game series I've ever played. Uh, Sean, what about you? I am at HeyItSOB on Twitter and then at Obi Disc Golf everywhere except 
Instagram, where I'm ob underscore disc golf. If you want to see me throwing them bees, frizzing them bees, <laughs> frizzing them bees. Uh, now this is him not on an edible. Wow. Uh, <laughs> hey, hello, um, Tim. Tell us about your Twitter handle and tell us about our friends at the Anchor Persons Podcast. You can catch me on Twitter at Tim R. Hansen, probably saying nothing, but only interacting with Matt or catching uh, some Eagles jokes. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. birds. But anchor persons, Greg and Gene, the back in the saddle again. Go persons. Uh, If you enjoy our mirthy uh, bro banter back and forth, you're going to love the great puns that these guys have as they tackle the news of today on a bi-weekly schedule because every week can burn anybody out on the dumpster fire that is news in this global uh, economy and everything else. I don't know why I went with the economy. That was dumb. Economy of information. But I got you. They're, they're going to bring you the news in the most entertaining way they possibly can, and they're hilarious. If you love us, you're going to love these bros. Greg and Gene, great friends of the show, and I'm a terrible fan. <laughs> They named their whole fan base after you, though. It can't be that bad. Correct. But then I also stopped interacting because I am a terrible fan because I hyper-focus on everything, not them. <laughs> it's all my fault. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, Twitter handle is at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. And uh, my plug tonight is going to be for uh, me, specifically for the anchor persons, because I, I, I never give up on you. Yeah, not like other people in this podcast. Might have I didn't give up. I'm just passed you to the side of the road. I mean, you, you never were going to give them up, but you did let them down. Mm, Shut the fuck up. I can't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> this show is over. I quit. Move. Say goodbye to the gentle listeners. Bye. Deuces. For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien and the entire Action Moose team. My name is Matt Casano, reminding you all that I will never desert you and to be smart about being stupid. Bye. <laughs>